On December 28, 2017, two young black men and a black woman were murdered within miles of each other. All of their deaths involved shootings, vehicles, and to no surprise, former D.C. police chief Peter Newsham said detectives found evidence that they all knew each other in some way. Unfortunately, with these kinds of cases, people automatically assume the deaths are gang-related. But there's way more to this story that we want you to know. I'm Michelle A. Graham. I'm Amanda Washington. Welcome to The Point of No Return. Ronze Green, Armani Nico Coles, Carice Lewis. These are the names of the victims in this triple homicide. But before we hop into the details, let me tell you more about the lives lost on December 28th, 2017. All right, so Ronze was a 23-year-old father of two. According to a memorial website, family and friends called him a clever jokester, smart, loyal, loving, a go-getter, and a great brother. Yeah. This is what Armani's mother said about him after learning of his death. He was a very unique and quiet young man, Amber Cole said. He loved going to work every day, knowing that there were things in life his son wanted, and he was going to make sure he had it. Armani, who was 27 and the oldest victim of the triple homicide, was a custodian for D.C. public schools and a father. His mother really struggled with his death. She said in an interview that she wants to ask her son's killer why they would take a life so precious away from his family. Armani was my perfect angel, she said. He was the world's greatest dad and son. Mm. All right, I have to admit, y'all, Carissa's death got me the most of the trio because of the nature of her murder and the work she was doing to turn her life around. William Sharp, Carissa's grandfather, said in an interview that the 23-year-old was so excited about her future ahead after finishing some classes. Carissa's grandparents took her in when she became an orphan at 11 years old. Her mother died of a brain aneurysm in 2005, and her father was shot and killed on their front porch in 2006. Carissa had a criminal record and had recently gotten out of jail around the time of her death. She would do odd construction jobs here and there. She was a free-spirited and a lot of fun. Her grandfather told the Washington Post after her death, she would light up a room just talking and laughing. Witnesses close to the victim say Carice and Armani knew each other since the playground days. All right, Mandy, let's break this case down. And disclaimer, y'all, she's hearing these details for the first time. I told her not to research this case. I was taking the lead on it. So you'll be getting her real-time animated-as-hell reactions. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. The three shootings took place on the same day in three different locations across D.C. and Prince George's County. So we already know that the three were connected, but why were they all killed on the same day within hours and miles of each other? Mm -hmm. It's giving setup. Big what, setup. Big setup. All right. So around 11.20 a.m. that day, a man was shot in the parking lot of a 7-Eleven on Eastern Avenue in Northeast D.C., Police responded to the shooting by 11.23 a.m. I specifically put this response time in there because I thought it was interesting how fast they was on it. Yeah. Neither here nor there. Okay. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a visual person. Y'all know me. Oh, okay. Um, here she goes. She got her pen and paper, y'all. Yeah, I'm, I'm visual. <laughs> <And> <laughs> you put it on my paper. I don't think y'all know this about Michelle and I, but um, we're two different types of journalists. Yes. I, I think we've tried to tell y'all that, but y'all really don't understand. Michelle is more of a print journalist. Um, 
web journalist, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. She's a writer. I am I am a visionary. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to see stuff out. So I, I be having to write stuff out. I'm like I'm about to draw a map. Because um Period. And she knows these streets more better than I do. Yeah. My 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 daytime job is smack dead in the middle of northeast and southeast. So I'm my mind is spinning already. But go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Do you want me to you want me to repeat? Yes. Okay. okay. Yes, ma'am. All right. So around eleven twenty AM that day, this is when the murder this is when everything starts. So eleven twenty AM, a man was shot in the parking lot of a seven eleven on Eastern Avenue in northeast DC. Okay? Mm-hmm. Police responded to the shooting by eleven twenty three AM and found an unconscious Ronze inside of the store with multiple gunshot wounds. Police said in an affidavit that he was shot in the chest and right hand as he was walking out of the store. Ronze was transferred to a local hospital, but after all life-saving efforts failed, he was pronounced dead. Okay? The gunman was driving a Mercedes, and according to witnesses, the suspect was yelling, Get out of my car! You think I'm playing? I'll bust you! To Ronze before opening fire. Near the Eastern and Kenilworths Avenues in the Capitol Heights neighborhood of Prince George's County in Maryland, mm-hmm. Armani was found. This was a mile away from the 7-Eleven where Ronze was fatally killed. Armani was found lying in the middle of the road near I-295. Oh my gosh. Yes. Authorities say he had been shot and then pushed out of a moving vehicle around 6 p.m. that day. He succumbed to his wounds at a hospital soon after he was found. So, if you're thinking about the timeline, y'all, we got Ronze, who was shot and killed around 11.20 a.m. that morning. Yes. Transferred to the hospital, pronounced dead. By 6 p.m. Armani is shot. Yep, Armani's okay. body is found. In, in the road. So Sorry, he already, not shot, but he was... Yep, he yep, was already found, he was already found done by though. 295. Yep. Okay. okay. An hour after Armani was shot... Police responded to calls of a victim trapped in a burning car in an alley in the 800 block of Adrian Place Southeast. <gasps> it was Carice. Oh my God. Y'all, I literally just got chills. And this, the point of no return is not my, my daytime job yet, but mm-hmm. I know exactly where Adrian, I know exactly where this is. This is literally like two streets over from my job. Mm-hmm. And you know how I am. I'm crime scene mommy. I like to pull up to the crime scenes, y'all. Oh, sister. Okay. Y'all, <laughs> last episode, one day, Michelle and I was in Woodley Park, and I said, girl, I think I'm going to go to where the mansion murders happened. And she I did. I pulled up. We done went to Swan <laughs> Street. Girl, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to go. I mean, I we might as well just make a habit out of it. Yeah, yes. okay. But okay. My, my apologies. Go ahead. You uh-huh. all good. All right. So she had been shot 15 times before her murderer locked her in the trunk of her own Lexus and set the car on fire. The scene of Carice's murder was located about 1.5 miles from where Ronze and Armani were found. So 1.5 miles apparently in both directions, okay? Witnesses said they could hear Carice screaming and pleading for her life as the Lexus went up in flames. An autopsy report later showed that Carice actually died from her gunshot wounds and not the injuries from the fire. But she was suffering. All right, let's get to the suspects and the connection because I really think this is about to blow your mind. I don't think it's what you think it is. And so she was shot 15 times? 15 times. So if we're, if it like, I me, mean, you know what? Man. You know what? You're right. Before we move on, let's, let's, let's talk about these murders a little bit. You got Ronze. He was caught up at 7-Eleven. You got Armani, who was shot and then shoved out of a car. Mm-hmm. And then you got Carice, shot 15 times, locked in her trunk, and the it car murdered. was set on fire. Wow. I, I don't know about y'all, but it's giving, Carice was the main target. Yeah. Like, or at least the... the the main hatred was on her for yeah, sure. That was the most personal because I'm like, what? Absolutely. And I'm also I'm I'm a little lost if 
um, Ron Zay was shot inside of 7-Eleven. No. So he was shot on his way out of 7-Eleven and then he backtracked and passed out inside of 7-Eleven. He was found unconscious inside the store. But was he really in somebody's car? That's the thing. Remember that car though. Okay. All right. Okay. The Mercedes. Yep. Okay. Well, remember that whole, remember that whole exchange. Yes. Remember that whole exchange. Okay. Multiple arrests were actually made in the connection to Ronze, Armani, and Carice's, Carice's deaths. And after a little digging, I finally found a deeper connection and motive behind the murders. All of the victims were potentially involved in a credit card scam ring with local Northeast DC rapper Dennis Whitaker, aka the Juggernaut. <laughs> credit card scam, sister. What you? What did you see that coming? one killer that killed all of them this is the prime definition of what we were talking about last last episode of a spree killer okay potentially potentially okay there is a little spree in here but it's not just one it's not just one killer there was there there, there were four people arrested we'll get to them in a second though but over a credit card scheme i'm about to walk this down okay all right witnesses told police that the victims and 23 year old dennis were involved in a credit card scheme they alleged that Dennis decided to orchestrate Ronze, Armani, and Carice's murders because he thought he was going to get set up for a robbery by the trio. Why? Don't know. Apparently, Dennis and Carice were also beefing one-on-one because he thought she had set him up to get shot at, according to an affidavit. So, this affidavit stated that, you know, mm-hmm. Dennis put the head out on Carice because she set up him getting shot at. Yeah. But, y'all... The man wasn't actually shot. Now, granted, I'm not saying that's not a reason not to go after somebody if they set you up. But he's saying that was his motive. Okay? Okay. And so that makes sense as to why Carice's death was so much more heinous than the other two. Apparently. Allegedly. Okay? Okay. Okay. Dennis was located and arrested on December 31st, 2017. He was charged with first-degree murder while armed, specifically in connection to Ronze's murder. Okay? A witness to the murder recognized Dennis from Instagram and was able to identify him to the authorities. But police didn't have to go far to find him. Mandy. Dennis called police to surrender, telling them he feared that his family was in danger. Come on, juggernaut. I tell no lies. I'm sorry, y'all. We're going to take a quick intermission so y'all can hear one of Juggernaut's songs. Enjoy this clip. All right, y'all. We listen to more than one song. I lied. We listen to three. Mandy, what you think of the Juggernaut's music? I didn't think much. <laughs> <laughs> he loved, I, I can tell y'all, he loved auto-tune. Juggernaut. He loved auto-tune, y'all. He loved repeating himself, and he loved two-minute songs. Yeah. So, if y'all can take some time, go check out the Juggernaut. I think y'all, y'all, y'all would like it. Some of the beats were actually nice, though. Yeah. I like the flow on the last song. Okay, y'all. Back to it. All right. So, we already have Dennis, Dennis's arrest. We're going to enter some, uh, some new people into this okay and equation. just for clarity dennis is juggernaut correct dennis is juggernaut yeah okay. would you rather me call him juggernaut <laughs> i just can't I, i'm sorry i'm gonna laugh okay we could go okay juggernaut. no All i right. just i just wanted to establish a connection to make sure that i was correct 
Um, because I was thinking, I was like, is Dennis somebody new? And I was like, no, Dennis is Juggernaut. No. But All right, also, we're going to do Juggernaut. It's always funny to me when people have names like Clarence and then <laughs> their like street name is like Certified Killer. It's like, sir, your name's Dennis. Dennis Whitaker at that. Sir, <laughs> <laughs> your name's Dennis. Okay. We're going to go with Juggernaut. All right. So, Juggernaut, boom, turned himself in. Remember, remember, the murders happened on December 28th. By December 31st, Juggernaut folded. He, he was calling the ops like, yeah, it was me. On January 16th, 2018, 20-year-old Malik Lewis of Southeast D.C. was arrested for Armani's murder. Thanks to a McDonald's receipt left in Armani's stolen rental car, police were able to connect Malik to the victim. Authorities checked surveillance cameras at McDonald's locations in the area and were able to find Malik in a drive-thru in Armani's stolen car. Malik was also charged with first-degree assault, reckless endangerment, and theft. Now, I didn't get the details on which specific McDonald's, but I know you're over here flowcharting and shit, so I can get that for you if you'd like. 23-year-old Ashton Briscoe of Northeast was one of the last suspects to be apprehended. He was arrested and charged with first-degree murder while armed on February 10th, 2018, and the killing of Carice. Okay. Cell phone records connected both Ashton and Malik to the scene of Carice's murder. And court records say that another unnamed suspect at the time was present. A witness also claimed they saw two men running away from the Lexus seconds after it went up in flames to get into a getaway car driven by another person. All three of the victims had ties to Northeast D.C.'s Clay Terrace neighborhood, an area of the city known for its violence. So we can assume that that's how they also got connected with their killers. Mm -hmm. Okay. Ashton later admitted to driving the getaway car after he says Malik and the unnamed suspect shot Carice and set the car on fire. That unnamed suspect was later identified as Marcel Vines, who was also charged for first-degree murder in Carice's case. But here's the real tea. Armani and Carice were actually shot in the same alley before they were moved to the locations where their bodies were found. Both victims were shot with the same 45 caliber handgun a handgun that authorities connected to six other D.C. area shootings using bullet casings, according to an article. Now, I wasn't able to corroborate this statement in the affidavit because, y'all, it was so hard to get details of this case because it's still open. But, y'all, the fact that they were able to connect Armani and Carice's actual deaths by this gun, and if if y'all remember, Carice's body didn't go too far. It went in her car. I mean, she went after being shot. She was in the back of her Lexus and it was set on fire near that alley. And Armani's body was thrown out near the freeway a mile away. So they put that man in the in, in the car before they. So they had to listen mm-hmm. to this, y'all. In order for this to work, they had to shoot both of them in the alleyway. Transport Armani to the car and then put Carice in the back of her Lexus and set it on fire and then speed off to go drop Armani off. But I'll get down to the details of the vehicles in a second. Yeah, no, you good. All right, so before we move on, because I'm going to start getting into some other nitty-gritty details about the connection, okay. let's, let's reiterate what we got. We got Juggernaut, who has been arrested in connection to Ronze's murder. We got Malik, who has been arrested in connection to Armani's murder. We have Ashton, who was arrested in connection to Carice's murder. And then we also have Marcel, who was 
also arrested in connection to Carice's case, okay? All right, another disclaimer. Like I already said, witnesses are the ones who told authorities that a credit card scheme ring was going around. But the credit card scheme motive is speculation. And since this is still an open case, authorities haven't shared their thoughts behind a real motive of Ronze, Armani, and Carice's murders. I also found that an old gambling debt could have been the driving force behind the killings, but I didn't find much evidence to corroborate that motive, but that is what one of the witnesses told authorities. Mm -hmm. A shocking factor pertaining to the shootings and the triple homicide is the weapons. None of the murder weapons were recovered after the arrest, but detectives said bullet casings found on the scene of Carice's death were consistent with a handgun and a rifle. So remember, Carice was shot 15 times. They were able to connect the the shell casings in the alleyway, both to Carice and um, Armani's shootings. But also, like, there was a rifle involved. Yeah. Meaning they blasted Carice, bro. Like, they blasted her for real. That's hatred. And the cars. This is my favorite part of the case, y'all. The connection to the cars. Ashton told authorities that Malik gave him the keys to Armani's stolen car a black 2017 Toyota Camry on the day of the murders, okay? Mm-hmm. This is the same car that was at McDonald's? Yes. Okay. But remember when it was at McDonald's, Malik was driving it. Right now, Ashton's driving it, okay? Okay. Ashton said he was given instructions to follow Malik, who was driving Carice's Lexus at the time. Okay? Say that one more time for me. Ashton said he was given instructions. Ashton told authorities that Malik told him to follow him while Malik was driving Carice's Lexus. Okay. Yes, the suspects already had possession of the victim's cars, further providing that the murders were not only premeditated, but the suspects either stole the cars or were close, aso- closely associated with the victims before the killing them. Yeah. Authorities have never been able to connect how Malik got possession of Armani and Carice's cars before their deaths. This is the most mind-blowing thing to me. They was rolling around in these vehicles before they killed these people. And there's nothing. I can't find anything of any, t- anything about text messages or conversations that all of these people might have had the day before their deaths or anything like that. Yeah. All we know is they were familiar with each other. This is so bizarre. Okay. The Washington Post reported that Ashton's role in Carissa's murder was to serve as a lookout for witnesses and law enforcement. The suspect claims that he didn't commit the murder, but that one of the two people he was with carried out the crime. Those two people we know, of course, are Malik and Marcel. Phone records also show that Ashton was near the scene of Armani's death. Of course, we know that, Mm -hmm. okay? A U.S. district attorney also corroborated Ashton's statements of him saying he was supposed to be there to be a lookout, apparently. Yeah. I don't know why they were backing that motive So he's an informant. He's a snitch. (laughs) Well, I mean, he already snitched. I mean, he... (laughs) I mean, honestly, the police connected these dots before before Ashton gave them the tea. But once Ashton got caught, he was like, okay, just to let y'all know, I was supposed to drive the getaway car and I was supposed to be a lookout. That's what he said. Okay? Mm-hmm. But how are Malik and Ashton connected to the juggernaut? Needless to say, they were close associates. Close enough to pull up to Prince George's County Hospital together where Ron Zay was being treated for his gunshot wounds prior to his death earlier that day. These fools pulled up to the hospital, y'all. The suspects claim they visited the hospital to check on a quote-unquote friend. When in reality, they wanted to see if Ronze had dead. succumbed to his wounds. They wanted to see if he was dead. Yeah. They pulled up to the hospital. Remember that gap of time? 
it was mm-hmm. like about six, six hours, hours six hours before the others were killed uh-huh <laughs> these doodle heads pulled up to the crime these doodle heads pulled up to, these doodle heads pulled we'll up put to, the, to the hospital yeah to check on to check, <laughs> to check on them okay it has been difficult to find court documents on this case and i'm guessing that's because it's still open like i said this is the third time i said this y'all because i'm on this case like white on rice i need to know what happened the juggernaut has some Court date set for September of this year, so expect a follow-up about this at the end of the year. As for Ashton, Marcel, and Malik, updates on their cases went dark after March 2019. I'm not sure why, but that's when some preliminary hearings took place, like literally three or four back-to-back, and I haven't been able to find much on their cases since. Mm -hmm. So, while there are suspects in custody and witnesses placing them on the scene of Ronze, Armani, and Carice's deaths, the suspects, there's still some gray area about what really went down that day. It's and also, great. there's not much shared about the communication. I didn't get to see the affidavit, but it was only 10 pages, apparently. And that doesn't sound like much for the arrest of three, excuse me, four suspects in connection to a triple homicide. Yeah. So I have some questions. Will the trials proceed? Did Malik actually order the killings of Armani and Carice for their connection to Ronze? Why weren't all the suspects charged in connection to all of the murders? And how close were all of these people, really? I don't have the answers to any of these questions, but I want to shoot the shit with you, Mandy. What do you think? Because your puzzled face for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what is the motive here? Because it it seems, at, okay, so Juggernaut thought that he was going to get killed. So then he killed them before he got killed. Mm-hmm. And then... It might have been a credit card scam. I'm like, where did the credit card scamming part come from? That came from witnesses. Witnesses are the ones who came forward to police and said they were all running a ring. They were all running a credit card scam ring. We're sure it has something to do with that. Now realize this is all speculation. Outside of this and the one gambling um, tidbit I found about having to pay an old gambling debt, no other motives have been shared. In the beginning, authorities were trying to say that they didn't know or think it was possible for all three of the murders to be connected. And in my head, I'm just like, what? You have two suspects? You have, excuse me, three suspects between Ashton, Malik, and Marcel all found on two crime scenes? You don't think they're connected? And oh, by the way, they were rolling with a dude who visited the hospital of Ronze earlier that day. Oh, and by the way, Ronze knows mm-hmm. and it has run around the same neighborhood as Armani and Come on, come on. And this I'm like, is... y'all might just say y'all stoop, because I'm stooped too. Yeah, and I'm almost wondering if it's something that's not even as complex as they think. Um, it's it's giving that they might have just had some very old beef or something, and now this is what you know the product is. Because I'm just like, the math ain't mathing for me. This don't make no damn sense. Mm-mm. And you know, people in, in this case, like, I mean, excuse me, like news reports all attest the juggernaut to being like the top dog or like the one who put the hit out on Armani, Carice, and Ronze. But to me, it looked like Malik was running shit. After, after Ronze was, after they got Ronze, the rest of the mm-hmm. day is Malik's. He's the one who got the cars. He He's the one who had possession of the cars. And, and in my honest opinion, I would love to know, did he get the possession of these cars prior to Ronze's death? Because now I'm almost wondering, too, if but people they identified snuck up them. on Carice and Armani or something, if they had been meeting up or they snuck up on them or something. And honestly, they might have blasted both of them in Carice's car and then just dropped Armani off 
you know, did whatever with him. And that might be why they burned the car to burn some evidence because they were all in the car and maybe they thought they weren't going to get caught. I don't know. To, Cause I'm like, the burning to me is just weird. And I'm like, mm-hmm. for her to be the only woman in the story, I'm not saying that, you know, murderers are going to have more sympathy for women, but I'm like, that seems like something that you would do to a man, you know, like, and I hate to, to, to gender role and stereotype this murder, but mm-hmm. it's just like the fact that this was the woman of the case and she was the one that got overkilled is really weird to me. Like there's something that's, that's, I, I don't know what's there, but there's something there. Crease was definitely one of the homies. I don't think they saw her as, I think you're, you're, you're saying in a sense, like if she was a feminine woman, she is one of the homies. She was a lesbian. She was more masculine. That's what I'm getting from her pictures, but she was still a girl. This is very true, but I don't think they saw her as that, unfortunately. Okay, fair enough. And it's sad. And and one of the things, I'll tell y'all this, shout out to the Washington Blade. If y'all don't subscribe to the Washington Blade, they cover LGBTQ plus yes. um, news. And they covered this case the best. Like, I'm hands down, even up against the Washington Post. Mm-hmm. I read the Washington Post articles like, ugh. Tomatoes, tomatoes, like Ooh, corny tomatoes. <laughs> where tomatoes. are the details? Like the Washington Blade got into it. They got into the affidavit. They yeah. really broke it down for okay. me. And when I read it, like one thing that was brought up as well is that this case wasn't covered as well. And people felt like it wasn't covered as well because Carice was a lesbian woman and mm-hmm. lesbian, lesbian woman deaths aren't covered as often as straight woman deaths. Yeah. And I'm sure it heightens even more the fact that she is a black lesbian woman exactly yeah but i will say one not even one a few things that i've found in this case that stood out is malik to me was a showrunner if you notice the juggernaut was not connected to armani and carissa's deaths at all yeah at that point it seems like after he did his shit with ronze he got the fuck on turned himself in three days later so afternoon i'm I'm gonna say afternoon malik was like yeah the guy it's my show it's also to me, it's also interesting to me as well, because this case is so current with social media and just like the streets talking and all that kind of stuff. Like, did Carice and Armani not have any clue that like their other homeboy had just got hemmed up at 7-Eleven? You know, like, I'm just, and so I'm wondering at that point, did somebody already like apprehend them? Did they get caught up? Like, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking with te- technology being what it is, and, and I'm just thinking of like deaths, whatever in general. And maybe because I'm a crime junkie, I don't know, and I'm mm-hmm. just subscribed to a lot of different things. But I'm just thinking how we see things go viral, even with like small DC news, like things that happen in these neighborhoods. Like, shout out to Killmo News mm-hmm. because every time something happens, it literally in the streets, they they boost on the ground. Mm-hmm. You you already know what's happening. And I'm just like, this area, for all of this to happen in this mile radius, these neighborhoods are not that big. And you know what? You know I love my timelines. It is irking me that we don't know what was going on in them from 1130-ish a.m. when Ronze was rushed to the hospital until around 6 p.m. when Armani and Carissa's bodies yeah. were found. So much could, like you said, so much could have transpired in that day. Do they not know their homeboy was hemmed up at 7-Eleven a mile mm-hmm. away? We don't know. We don't know what they was on. I want to know, were their cars already in Malik and Ashton's possession? Yep. Also, 
who the hell is Marcel? Like, <laughs> yeah, and like, what are the connecting dots here? Literally, all we know is that the suspects that are in in jail awaiting trial were involved in the murders of Armani, Ronze, and Carice, and it could put it could have potentially been connected to a credit card ring. We don't know that for sure, though. You already know how I feel about thieves. <laughs> thieves really piss me off. And I think it's it, sometimes thieves are twofold for me because I'm like, sometimes people's lives in, in worlds are so messed up and effed up that they have to steal to survive, mm-hmm. you know? But sometimes people don't have to steal. And like, how the hell are you killing somebody over money that y'all stealing from somebody else anyway? I don't get it. That is a very good point. Like, you, know, you know, sister, I wasn't even thinking of it that way. Like, if they was into it about a credit card scheme and the juggernaut felt like, you know, he was about to get set up, it's because y'all were fucking around with somebody else's money. It wasn't even y'all to begin with. Hello? And I'm like, I don't know. Juggernaut, unless he was going to the check cashing place for all his checks, you could see in his videos. This man had blue faces in every damn video. Like he talking on the phone. He had money phones. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if he left and paid his rent after that with that money or whatever, but I'm just like, what? And honestly, I am not surprised. Like, there are not more. I, I don't, girl, when I say I ain't seen a cell phone record. I ain't seen none of that. And my, and my, 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 my. There's a dead cat on the line. Y'all, the fact that not only was Malik caught in the McDonald's can after (laughs) leaving a goddamn receipt. (laughs) Him leaving the receipt in the car was prime 20 year old to me. Cause it's like, okay, automatically when I seen that he was the youngest to be apprehended, I was like, ugh, Malik. But these criminals is dumb. Y'all, but listen, he tweeted. Yeah. (laughs) He tweeted something along the lines. Yeah, the feds was on me, but they didn't get me. Uh, sir, you it's are still on Twitter. It's still on Twitter. You know what? We're gonna find the exact tweet. The exact tweet. Excuse me, but sir, you are arrested. A mere what? <laughs> what? Not even two weeks. Two week. Two week. Two ish weeks later. Like what? And probably living life thinking he wasn't about to get caught. I'm just like one thing, y'all, that I continuously notice about just like killers, murderers, because that's another thing that was um, really big for me um, in just establishing things with crime and murder and general mysteries is just like the cleanup job that people do or the small mistakes that they make along the way um, that really, really mess them up. I am an avid watcher of Snapped and I will tell you now, most of the women on Snapped or any of these other things get caught because of the dumbest mistakes. And most of the time it's because they told somebody and the person drops a dime on them. But with these cases so far that we've covered, these murderers are getting caught up on the smallest things. Literally. A pizza crust. (laughs) Sister, you're not over that. A McDonald's receipt. A McDonald's receipt he left in the car of a man. A a car of of a dead man. A dead man's car. Then we also have folks um who at this point they don't care they apprehended and kidnapping folks and barricading them in the neighborhoods like i'm undone okay go ahead and close this out right <laughs> let before i close before i close i don't want to correct myself he, malik was free for three weeks before he got caught up and he tweeted on december 31st 
Okay, I'm going to read an excerpt from a Washington Post article. It says, Malik may have also bragged on social media about eluding police after law enforcement pursued the stolen car in the district on December 31st, saying on his public Twitter account, the feds got behind him, but I lost them. Charging documents say. And also, I be wondering, what do law enforcement, let's have a talk. What do y'all be doing? Y'all telling me on the 31st, three days after the murders, y'all were able to locate the stolen car and then y'all lost it? It's 2018, baby. Where's this? The stoplight cameras? Nothing. Uh, come on now. And as we all know, DC got cameras everywhere. Yes. Yeah, they done got, got some for the little $100 ticket plenty of times. Little. I got some tickets sitting, but that's, <laughs> we're going to save that for another day. I'm going to close this out. What do y'all think? Like I said, this the case is still open. If I find some more updates about the suspects and where they're at in trial, I will surely share them with you on our Instagram page. If you're not following us, you can find us on Instagram at the point of no return pod. And we're also on Twitter at T-P-O-N-R podcast. Please let us know what you think. Again, I'm Michelle. I'm Amanda. And this has been the point of no return. You'll hear us again on Monday. Bye.